A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of Ausbiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 5th of the 5th. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. I'm Nadine Blaney, and here with me, big surprise, David Scott. Scotty, how are you? I'm okay. It's uh, one of those days for me. Never really got out of first gear, but uh, thankfully the market managed to go and do that for me. Sure did. Oh, look, a little bit of a fade toward the close, but I'm not complaining. Finishing for the XJO at 7095.8. Lots of strength coming through in the material space. Um, we saw the banks looking good. Actually, by the end of it, no thanks to ANZ, which was the bank that did report today. ANZ finished down by 3%. Yeah, and headline figures looked pretty decent, including dividend payouts. And, uh, but uh, under the hood, uh, not quite as impressive. And the market opened up and initially was kind of like, oh, not sure. And then all of a sudden, like just the waves of selling came through. But uh, that seemed to go and benefit the other majors, it's got to be, particularly CBA uh, and, uh, and also NAB. I guess if there's a positive that we can all take away from the banks, that being Westpac and ANZ that we've just heard from, is that they've been able to write back those provisions. I mean, $491 million in ANZ's case. Yes, that helped boost some of those numbers that looked really good at the mm. beginning because without those provisions being written back, you know, the, the headline numbers wouldn't have been nearly as, as impressive. But what it does say is that you know they weren't needed yeah which is great and let's be honest uh i think a lot of the the bad assets that are still sitting there in provisionings are probably linked to business i'd say rather than anything else because we know what's going on in the housing market across the country at the moment uh i can't imagine that too many of those you know provisionings are actually for residential uh, i suspect that they may be residential as linked to a business uh loan in particular okay so anz uh, was the second of the three big ones to report this week. I will give us a little bit of a plug. Yeah, we'll be speaking drop. with Ross McEwen, the NAB CEO. Uh, tomorrow, we will be playing that interview at 3 p.m. sharp. So we do hope you can join us for that. That'll complete the trifecta of banks this week. ANZ was the stock of the day today. So Kashi sat down with his guests Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Andrew Veitland from DP Wealth Advisory up in Toowoomba. Here's what the guys had to say about the stock of the day, ANZ. Pleasing to see that uh, they're growing their home loan book. Pleasing to see that that net interest margin, that NIM, is going up a little bit, albeit just a smidge. 
provisions are starting to come back down for bad debts. No great surprise there. Great result in, in considering everything going on. Uh, little surprising to see that share price under pressure, but uh, overall, pretty good result. Uh, I'd be sort of buying MVB, right. which, if you remember, basically buys that basket plus right. Macquarie plus Bendigo plus BOQ. And that okay. takes all the guesswork out of as to who's the better bank. But they were a little bit more conservative with the right backs of some of those provisions. They still have a dirty, great big hollow log full of money right. waiting to come out if the bad times hit. And Shane Elliott is, I guess he was the, the, the most conservative of the banking chiefs. First cab off the rank last year with that cut to dividend yep. and everybody else kind of fell into step behind him. So I think it was a more conservative result than uh, than Westpac and they weren't really sort of fist pumping in the air which I think Westpac was a bit more fist pumping. Right. Um, it, it's a pretty solid result, good dividend, 70 cents, no reason not to own this. So that is a no for ANZ going in the portfolio. Uh, you you heard... Maybe a little, little asterisk next to it because it's like, oh no, it's like kind of... Yeah, but you know me. We, you know I'm a stickler for, for the rules. rules. So it has to be a buy for the stock of the day on the day at the current price so it doesn't jive with a recommendation for MVB coming from Andrew Veitland. So no, it's not going in the portfolio. Sorry, it's a, people. It's a basket case. I have a feeling the stock of the day should be NAB tomorrow because, got to take note, we did Westpac on Monday, ANZ today. It would only make sense to continue with that theme. So there you go, giving it all away for tomorrow, or you could consider it a tease. Let's tease people to the newsletter today. Today, uh, you wrote about Scuddy's View. COB, I meant to say. COB also is a newsletter. And uh, yeah, it, it's sort of sparked by Janet Yellen and her... Did she misspeak, Scuddy? I think it might be misinterpreted. I think it's probably the better way to say it. But uh, the, the uh, reaction in markets was uh, instructive, probably a good way to say it. Um, but I think the, uh, the, the seeds of what happened overnight were sown last week. Uh, I found it really, really interesting that uh, the market couldn't rally one iota really on those massive tech earnings. And it just reinforced to me that positioning and sentiment is skewed really, really far in the bullish direction at this point in time. And uh, look, how quickly people were to rush for the exits overnight makes me wonder if we actually get some more concrete, uh, you know, bad news, uh, whatever that may be, uh, how quickly these stocks might come off. So I reckon there's a... No, decent chance we might see a bit of a correction at some point soon. Nothing more than that. I can't imagine we'll be yeah. anything uh, savage. See, this is the thing, is that you talk about something that would spark a sell-off. Well, I mean, Biden's talking about 70% of the US population being vaccinated by Independence Day, um, July the 4th. We're talking about data coming in strong. We're talking about, uh, you know, jobs data tonight. Uh, Westpac is calling for the ADP read to come in at 850,000 market seemingly waiting a million dollar mark yeah a million dollar but you know job mark on friday yeah it's uh it'd be fascinating to see how the market react if we do get that really big number we know that markets have anticipated but it only matters until it doesn't and that uh, at this point in time that uh you know you might say oh it's been fully discounted everything else but uh the reaction in markets is such a pronounced strong number mm. uh whether it's taken as a good sign or a bad sign i reckon it actually could be that uh, that catalyst uh we know the bond market has been pretty bid recently i wrote about it earlier in the week in the uh the, the cob but uh that that event on friday does loom as one of those potential moments where you could see it's not out of the realms of possibility that a really strong number could actually be taken as uh, no bad news by the market yeah i was speaking with a guest uh, earlier today from schroeder's and uh, she was saying, look, it's, 
the the bond market is going to test central banks. Uh, she was basically saying it's the calm before the eventual storm. Now, when that uh, will happen? Yeah, I found know, I found it so funny. Like earlier this year, like it's it was I, I still giggle about it. Uh, well, she said that that you know when when the bond yields were backing up. Um, you know, as the economic data was looking good and against the central the bank. early parts of this year. Yeah, early parts of this year. She was saying, you know, basically that was that was the tantrum without the taper. No, so that wasn't that wasn't even a tantrum. That, I know it was it was pronounced, and uh, anyone who works in fixed interest knows this better than I. That I know there was some huge amounts of money lost, but that wasn't even close to a tantrum. That was like you know, all of us who've got kids, you know, the moment where it's like kind of like that first little tremor, you know, that little frown on the face, and you know what's coming next. You know, yeah, but the Fed is saying they're going to be like a like an a proactive parent and they're going to head off any tantrum because they're going to be talking about taper appropriately. It's not Only the, time will tell, the, Scotty. The, the Fed cannot control the bond market. As <laughs> much as it would like to go and think so, I can trust me, the market will overwhelm it's the doing Fed. doing a pretty good job uh, lately anyways because the economic data has been really strong. I mean, we've got um, data on the docket tonight. Yes, at ADP payrolls, uh, but we do get some um, services the index and the IHS market um, service index. So it'll be interesting to see how that all washes out. I mean, check out the data coming from New Zealand. How good is it? Yeah. Well, Kiwi's uh, handled the uh, coronavirus pandemic pretty well. Jobless uh, rate, 4.7%. Yeah. Well, look, it's Inflation at the bid range of its they, target band. They don't have the same level of participation that we have here in Australia. So that's that's one little caveat. But you've Right, that uh, no, the strong labour market issues are sucking people back to the labour market. We saw participation increase. We saw uh, employment go and rise. We saw unemployment fall. Uh, underemployment, underutilisation rose, which was uh, no one fly in the ointment. Uh, so there is still a lot of slack and, uh, and wage growth is still nowhere to be seen. So at this stage, at least, it looks like that uh, Nauru level in New Zealand is still quite a bit lower than, uh, than 4.6%, maybe below forehandle, like we've been talking about here potentially in Australia. So reinforces that we have to go and drive unemployment to very low levels to go and get that wage growth. Yeah, that's what the RBA is saying. Okay, so I'd like to get back to equities. Today was a fascinating day in uh, particular company moves. Nearmap, I think it's worth a mention, after the close yesterday, upgraded its profit guidance, had a few price target adjustments um, lifted, by City, by Morgan Stanley, by Canaccord Genuity this morning. And then, after lifting, more than 14% went into a trading halt uh, because it has some legal proceedings being brought against it. So that'll be a fascinating one to watch come Friday. Just like sounds with the hourglass. So <laughs> two of the days of <laughs> new map. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Reverse Solution, one of those companies, updating at uh, the Macquarie Australia conference. Shareholders l- liking, or investors, I should say, liking what they hear, up by 12%. Lots of news coming from that Macquarie conference, driving a lot of the share price movements, including IDP Education today, including QBE. Um, it had its AG, sorry, QBE was an AGM. Uh, but on the flip side as well, seeing some of that uh, news coming from the conference weighing on Temple and Webster, for example. Um, you know, we've had lots of of uh, commentary coming from those retailers. And uh, even though it's been really positive, most of them have suffered off the back of the news. Yeah, so maybe it makes you wonder whether you want to appear at the other uh, conference because that's the reaction. But uh, nah. no, I, I've seen, uh, there's been a lot of, uh, it's been 
most pleasing thing I've seen is a lot of guidance starting to get offered. And uh, I think it even sounds the uh, the one case of coronavirus that's popped up, unfortunately, here in New South Wales today. Uh, we know we have a much more certain operating environment. So it's good to see the companies are feeling confident enough to yeah. go and provide some guidance to shareholders. I agree. Um, look, we have covered a lot of uh, the market and what happened today. Flight Center was the worst performer. Uh, MCOR is one of those companies that updated the market today. If you'd like to know what Chris Conway from Marcus Today thinks about that, you can access it via the show notes. And uh, we've got some more company specifics in the show notes from Nick Morton at Resident. He gives a shopping list of companies that he's adding to the portfolio now that he's overweight, and Australia. W- and ones not to go and touch. Okay, good one. And Kara, um, she cracks the whip on the trade. She had... Carl Capulinga from Think Markets with her today, and she said, right, it's the fifth of the fifth. I'd like five sectors, five stocks, and she got them from Carl. So if you want to listen to that, uh, we would love you to do so. Uh, So ADP is the big one tonight in terms of data. Tomorrow here, Scuddy, I can't think of anything that's uh, coming down the pipeline. Nothing big. I mean, we had quite the data dump today with building approvals and, you know, construction looking strong as well. That housing market still looking really um, good. Yeah, look, the building approvals figure was uh, was uh, impacted by a couple of lumpy developments, it looks like, uh, which really went to boost that apartment number. But uh, over the year, it just gives a demonstration of that home builder, the success it's had in bringing forward demand. Uh, we're talking about the increases for houses in building approvals terms of over 60%, around about 40% when it comes to, uh, to high density dwellings. So uh, lots of building activity is going to be taking place over the next few years or so. I spoke with the CEO of AFG, Australian Finance Group, today, David Bailey. That's on the website. So get his take from the coal face of what's happening in the mortgage market. Pretty interesting. Uh, tomorrow, there is just the speech that's being given by Reserve Bank Deputy Governor Guy DeBell. That is at Perth. So it's actually happening in the evening. So financial markets, if they were to react, the Aussie dollar won't have a chance, um, you know, in this, uh, you know, the trading day here in Australia. Uh, but we're leading up to the statement of monetary policy coming from the Reserve Bank. So we got a pretty indication yesterday as mm-hmm. to their thinking on growth and employment, basically that things are going better than they expected. Yeah, look, uh, the way that RBA structures it now, they give a lot of clues and very solid clues as to what's going to be seen in the SOMP forecast in the monetary policy statement earlier in the week. Uh, one thing I'm looking out for is what their uh, wage growth forecasts are. We know how important that is in the equation. They want to see that running about uh, 3.5% sustainably to go and get uh, inflation back to the midpoint of their target. So we know that they're looking at 4.5% unemployment rate by the end of next calendar year. What does that mean for inflation and uh, wage inflation? Well, we'll find out on, uh, on, on Friday. But uh, I'm more excited. I think tomorrow uh, heralds the return of our Japanese and Chinese friends across mm-hmm. the region uh, from holidays. And that will go and spark a lot of activity, including the commodities market. We know iron ore has been running red hot, base metals red hot as well. So we'll see what, uh, what they are like when they return from that extended break. Yeah, and on Friday we do get data coming from China, the Services Index, International Trade. Uh, but really Friday is going to all be about the U.S. non-farm payrolls. So that will be uh, my Saturday morning Twitter check. Looking forward You're to You're not going to hang out to 10.30 to go watch it on Friday night? Uh, yeah, I might. I might. I might not on a Friday night. If I'm allowed to go to SA, I'll, um, I'll, I'll go live tweet it. 
Okay. Yeah, I can't it, wait for that. Because it will be out at the, uh, the, the, the sprightly <laughs> hour of 10 p.m. and uh, I'm sure I've got nothing else to go worry about, do I? Yeah, no, I don't know. 10.30, I usually try to clock off on a Friday night. Couple of couple of uh, glasses of red. You know well, what they say. the last you, call. Come on. Yeah, you, you don't. You, know you, you, you don't want to uh, drunk <laughs> drunk tweet. It's uh, <laughs> no. gonna be dangerous on a Friday night. Yeah. No. No. If you ever see me tweeting on a Friday night, you, you know it's not a good thing. Or, or report it to Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Let's wrap it, shall we? We've got a, a great day to look forward to tomorrow. Thanks for everything. Thanks for watching out there. And um, Scotty, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Absolutely. We're on the downhill run to the weekend. Looking <laughs> forward to it. So see you then.